I want to talk to you today. I don't know if I'm going to preach, but I'm definitely going to teach. Amen. Come on. Because I'm getting ready to start on a series of, and, I, and the series might get broken up due to circumstances of our move. But I am going to be preaching and talking about stewardship. And the biggest thing that is there's a lot of misconceptions. And when there's a lot of misconceptions in life or in the church, I don't run to man to find my answers. See, there's a lot of things man do that don't mean it's God. And that includes the church. And so when I start to research and do things, I want to know what God says about certain things. Amen. And many times that we done got into the habit and we're getting into the to the to the to the uh, precepts of, of doing what makes us feel good. Amen. Or what we want to do when we want to do it. Right. <laughs> Amen. That's the new church. I'm so glad that I can. I, I love the new church, but I love that old church. Yeah, yeah. All right, come on. So what I want to talk to you about on, 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 on today on stewardship is, is, is talking about where does it really begin? See, you can be a steward of something, but everything with God has a beginning. Amen. And a lot of times that we don't understand the beginning of something. Not relating this to us, because I got a story to let you know. Y'all can be seated, because I don't know how I'm going to walk into this, but I'll walk. I was, a, I, how many of y'all live in a, no, yeah, maybe I'm the only one. I live in a life of amazement when I talk to people. I guess y'all don't talk to me. <laughs> Come on, Pastor. Because when I listen to what people say to me or say, I just look at them and go, really? <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I told you this once and I'm going to tell you this again. How people perceive you as a church, which makes me a little upset. When I was at the bank and we were talking, and, and they really get to start. They, they, you know, they 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 Christians, but they're getting on my nerves. Because <laughs> they're looking at us like we ain't something. Or don't believe we going to do something. Come on. And so, I was giving them the stuff they gave me on the checklist, and, I'm, and I forgot stuff. But... I gave her and did a lot of stuff. Dee Dee done gave them six times and they still ain't got it. And they want some more of what Dee Dee done gave them. And it's the same thing Dee Dee done gave them. And I keep looking at them going, you got it. Oh, well, we need this. Well, it's the same thing she's going to give But something astonishingly happened at the bank. So this is leading into why we're pledging and why we're pledging. Because they wanted us to pledge. And we had set a goal at $1,600. And 
So when I get to the bank, I give them our pledge sheets and stuff. And they look at them like, wow. They were shocked. And I look at them like, <laughs> so I'm like, well, why are you so shocked? We gave them a pledge of over $2,000, and that wasn't even all our pledges. I told them more would come. They said, we budgeted you for $500. Oh, come on. I said, you really thought that I told you $1,600. You sitting here telling me you done budgeted us for $500. Well, that's all we thought y'all was going to do. Well, come on. And I started to. All right, all right. Not the old man. No, 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 no. I was going to preach them spiritually. Amen. Yeah, the way to do Jesus did it all the time. See, he rebuked stuff spiritually. And I know how to rebuke stuff spiritually. But just for the fact that you even thought that really got me a little upset. But I praise God because I said, Lord, thank you. See, y'all were teaching yourself. I said, thank you for making the amount so low because that lets me know you want us to have it. look at stuff the right way. I could have got offended, but I looked at Jesus and said, thank you. Because you said you want us to do this. Now that leads me into this is a lesson on why we are pledging. Can I thank Jesus? See, this is, see you, you should thank God for people like Sister Sykes. Because Sister Sykes then led us to where we can start doing more than we ever thought we could do. Right. And her diligent work then opened up the doors for the Spirit of God to start to work. Amen. Now you done made these pledges. <laughs> Let me go on and help you out. You done made the pledges to me. And you didn't make them pledges to Miss Fall. It's just like your times. You made that pledge to God. So when your money get funny, because you ain't doing what you told God you was going to do, don't come blaming the church because you lied to God. You see, God is the one that hurts you. Matter of fact, if you did it right, you prayed, Lord, how much you want me to give? And the Holy Spirit say, write this down. Now it's between you. Amen. Amen. So you ain't got to worry about me calling you. I'm just going to watch what God does. Amen. <laughs> it's the truth. That's why we can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we're dealing with giving. But there's one key scripture in giving that makes giving a beginning of something. And until you literally, figuratively, and spiritually 
do this, you're going to struggle with giving. Because you want to be a receiver instead of a giver. Even though y'all love quoting it's better to give than receive, how many of you really <laughs> practice giving and always trying to receive? And see, let me give you some background so this can help you. This is about the Macedonian church, which is about like Mispah. It's a very spirit-filled church. But it's not, it's, it's the Bible says it was a church of poverty. Poverty literally meant they were poor. They was always hurt. They was always just getting by. But they did something that even shocked Paul. And they exceedingly trusted in God. But I'm going to read verse 5, then I'm going to back you up. Paul says, at verse 5, in chapter 8, And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. Notice what they first had to do. They didn't give first to the church. They didn't give first to stop. They didn't give their money until they first gave themselves. When we understand giving starts with not in materialism, but in what you decide on how much you want to give of yourself to God. And the more you try to hold back from God, is the more you're going to hold back in everything else in your life. Because your giving is based on what you want to give God. And unfortunately, we haven't learned that. Because what you don't learn is being a steward in different components or compartments of your life. Well, I'll give God money, but I won't give him no time. I'll give God time, but I won't give him no talent or no money. So your stewardship is always going to be divided on what you think that's important on what, now watch what I'm about to say. You will give God not out of your necessity or your sacrifice, but out of your abundance. Yes. If you got abundant time, that's what you're going to give him. If you got abundant money, that's what you're going to give him. If you got abundance in time, that's what you're going to give him. But do you make your giving to the point where it becomes sacrificial, where it bothers you? Where it's going to hurt a little bit. Where it's going to be some suffering. You remember what Jesus said to when the woman gave her two pennies? She gave all. Because she gave the most. Because the thing that she did was not based on money. Jesus said she gave the greatest thing. She gave herself. 
And when we learn that the first thing we need to give God is self. And when we give ourselves to God, then we are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all things because of what God is willing to do for us. So the Macedonian church exceeded themselves. Notice what it says. Moreover, brethren, we have made known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abound in the riches of their liberty. For I bear witness that according to their abilities, see, notice what God is saying. You may not give as much as the next person, but are you giving out of your own abilities? You may not have the same amount, but God bases your giving not based on how much, but based on the percentage that you're supposed to give. Now, the problem with this is some people will preach this in this way, where you don't have to tithe because it's right there in the Bible. No, this is above the tithe. See, tithing is already there. See, you don't have to, see, Jesus never had to preach on tithing. See, because tithing was already tied in to the Christian principles of life. So they didn't, it's just like taxes. Unfortunately, if the government didn't take it, you wouldn't pay it. Amen. So they solved the problem. They just take it. And you sit around mad at them. But those that have the ability, they're self-employed, notice that their minds is always on their way to jail because they didn't give what God, what Caesar is supposed to have, so they're in tax evasion all the time. See, the principle is Jesus paid his taxes. He went to the fish, got the money, and said, okay, let's go. We're supposed to pay our taxes. But not only do we give Caesar what Caesar, but then Jesus said, give God what is God's. And so the tithe is not the issue in this scripture. The Macedonian church tithe. And they probably were struggling with the tithe. But they lived it, but they, they reached down. And they said, not only can we give to the tithe, but we don't reach down and help our brothers and sisters and do exceedingly of what we can do. That's why you are reaching down in yourself. And you're as God is saying, I want to take you somewhere different, but I don't want you to do the same stuff you were doing over here. Oh, you made it over here by the skin of your teeth because you didn't have no responsibility. Amen. But now that I'm finna give you some responsibility, your life finna change. Because yeah. now what you've been given out of abundance, because the church didn't need it, and the pastor stayed broke. I mean, the pastor didn't ask for us. <laughs> 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 then, then the man no salary, 
But now I'm going to give you a responsibility that is going to make you give sacrificially. The Macedonian church didn't complain. Because the reason why you won't complain in your giving, because if you done gave yourself to God first, then the stuff that is called for you to be sacrificial don't bother you. Amen. Because you know this, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing this for the Lord. And I know if I do it for the Lord, that my blessings and my, 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 my life, my hand, my everything about me is in Jesus' hand. And the more I can give to Jesus, the better off I'm going to be. I might not drive a Mercedes Benz. I might not have a big house. But I can guarantee you all my needs are met. said he going to do. See, the problem today is we, see, I, one of my greatest weaknesses in this church, and I tell you all the time, I don't preach on your money that much. I should have been preaching on it a long time ago. Because I made you miss your blessings hoping you would get it. Because I don't feel if you done gave yourself to God, then I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to convict you on what you should be doing. But I noticed that the reason why you don't convict, get convicted is because I notice when you ain't here, that means you ain't praying, that means you ain't doing, and God is trying to get your attention so the next time you look around, you're pushing your car down the street because something went wrong and you keep blaming everything else. That's because you didn't listen to what God had to say. 
See, members of a church, and this is where you headed, whether you believe it or not, you get ready to be one of them churches of influence. And see, a story is told of a visiting pastor bringing a bill to go to one of them influential, beautiful churches. And the people were sitting there bragging to him about how he didn't gave and how they never had to worry about nothing. And how they missions and things is working. And the pastor looked at him and said, well, you're doing a good job. Except for one thing. You got a nice building. You are influential in the community. But let me ask you this one question. Are you giving true love? Are you giving extended grace? Because it says abound in this grace that the grace of giving also is a part of your giving. And he was saying, you guys look good, you sound good, you act good, you got a nice facility, and you're doing the little things, that, but I don't I notice that you're not doing some things that is intangible and not physical. Can you love somebody that you ain't supposed to love? Can you extend grace to somebody that you didn't want to give grace to? He said grace is a giving, just like a stewardship, and you're responsible. To be good stewards of grace. See, God wants to reach the lost. And we're going on a mission to reach more people. Old Testament talks about our financial responsibility. But the New Testament deals with the gift that God has given. And the biggest problem with stewardship is... You are responsible to be good stewards of what God has given you to take care of. That's why these are called gifts. Because, see, my little beautiful singers, you are a steward of your voices. Of what God then gave you exalical sounds to produce. See, some of us are stewards of time and money, the financial committee, you got to be good stewards of what the God done gave. I was reading an article and it cracks me up. But I noticed that I wasn't the only one with the problem. And when I was studying about stewardship, then the Lord was hitting me on this. And this is, this is what you got to deal with when you're dealing with folks. Did y'all hear me? Come on. Yeah. I'll read what Michelle Obama is saying about her husband. And she said the number one thing that used to make her so sick about him, even before she married him, this is what she said. She said she walked, watched him come to work. And she looked at him. And she didn't, to, she didn't even really know who he was, did she? She didn't know that was going to be her husband. And she said, look at this brother coming in here all late. Every day the brother late. She talking about it. Never knowing this is going to be her husband. So later when she gets married, she said the number one thing that used to tick me off about it was he was always late. 
She said he was late when he was a senator. He was late when he was a congressman. He was late when he was in a bum job. And when he got to be the president, he still <laughs> was late. That's why I'm going to help y'all out. When you jump on me about being late, I don't care what you got to say. Because I learned that I'm late for a reason. And I'm not worried about what time I get there. I don't care how high I go in life. I've been late ever since I've been there. I was late for 34 years in the airport. I was late at high school. I was late for the foot. Whenever I get there, when I get there. Because I know when it's time to do what I got to do. You just do what you got to do.